This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is my first bonus material podcast. So if you're listening to this, well, I'm very, very grateful because it means that you've paid money to listen to it, which also is a little bit of um, a little bit of pressure, I guess, because you're uh, you now have a different relationship with me where you expect me to entertain you because you've paid for it. And rightly so. And I hope that I will. Um, I don't know what this is going to be every month because or every time I do it because it's bonus material and the bonus means that it's uh, impromptu and spontaneous. And sometimes it'll just be musings on life. Sometimes it might be conversations with people. Sometimes it might be me having breakfast. We'll call it breakfast at Stephanie's. It'll be great. But for now, it's going to be on the theme that we have been in this month, which is mental health. And I have a, I have a fairly colourful um, history with my mental health. I have moved up and down the spectrum of mental health kind of since my childhood certainly since my teenage years struggling at different times and at sometimes feeling the relief of not struggling and then being a little bit concerned about what's around the corner when I'm feeling joy um but one of the things I'm noticing is that you know we are kind of better at talking about mental health but I don't know that we're better at seeking help for it uh there's kind of a an underlying assumption that we should be able to manage it ourselves by just getting our hair done or going to the gym or taking a bath. But sometimes, you know, it's a little bit more than that. And so I've written something that I would like to share with you um, about an experience that I had um, in therapy recently because I do go to therapy and I need to go to therapy. And even though sometimes it's really uncomfortable, I go there. So... I'm going to read this for you. It's something that I've written and I would love to know what you think about it. Uh, if, if, if you would like to get in touch with me on Instagram and let me know. Okay, here we go. Oh, this is kind of nerve wracking. You don't need to be hearing this. Okay. There is a small room on the fourth floor of an old building in Dublin city centre where I go to make sense of myself and the world. The room overlooks a park, but I can't see the trees because I sit with my back to the window. There's a box of tissues, a clock that runs six minutes fast, and a low-maintenance plant on the windowsill. In an alcove in the corner, there's a filing cabinet that doesn't fit properly. It protrudes awkwardly into the space like it doesn't quite belong. And that's precisely how I feel when I go there every Thursday to talk to Dr F. I keep going back because I know I have to take active steps to mind my mental health. It's the same reason I walk every day to manage my sciatica. It simply follows that when I don't put in the effort, I feel myself declining. I arrived to therapy one day and I noticed something disturbing. There's a picture in the room that wasn't there last week, depicting an unremarkable forest. If you sit in the same chair in the same room every week for a sustained period, you notice little changes. Other clients might be surprised or even delighted to have something new to look at. I hate it. I don't say anything because I wonder if it's been put there to agitate me. If it has, it's working. Why is the picture not hanging on the wall like the other artwork? It's just there, on the table, leaning against the wall. Maybe it's new and she'll get to it when I leave. After all, she might need a ladder to put it in line with the other painting of an impossibly purple flower. Nope, I come back the following Thursday and Thursday and Thursday and Thursday and it's still there leaning on the wall. I think about how many clients and their struggles this picture has borne witness to. If a person falls apart in front of a painting of a forest, do they make a sound? Dr F does her best to bring me back into the room. I wonder if she's noticed how I'm struggling to get over the picture in the filing cabinet. Why can't I just accept these little glitches? It is what it is. That's true, if what it is is imperfect and annoying. 
I don't mention the forest picture or the protruding filing cabinet. I summon the courage to talk about the misplaced and protruding things in my life. The things that jot out and don't fit neatly into the spaces that I give them. The things leaning against my walls that I plan to get to eventually, but never do. How I struggle to be in the world, in all its unknowable, uncontrollable wildness. My worries, my fears, feeling like I'm too much and not enough. She asks me to say more. I don't want to. I focus on her shoes. When my words get stuck in my throat, I focus on the shoes. I notice the tiny etched lines in the gold leather where they're stressed from bending at the toes. The perfect narrow point at the top that makes me wonder where her feet stop. The tidy bow, the lack of scuff marks, the unworn heel. I question whether she's ever been outdoors in these shoes. Maybe they're perfect because she only wears them for walking to the filing cabinet. I can catalogue my therapist's footwear better than I can catalogue my feelings or emotions. The stilettos of my life are impractical, dangerous and leave me in pain. In that little room, she helps me to understand them. The stilettos of my life were perfect footwear once, she says, but now they're not serving me so much anymore. I can choose to wear other shoes. Dr F asks me to speak to that idea. Yeah, I guess I can make other choices. It's just easier sometimes to put on the stilettos because at least you know how it's going to go, even if it's painful. She tells me it takes courage to choose a new way because the familiar is comfortable, even when it's destructive. I think about my Nana and her love of grand, sensible shoes. I think I need to go shoe shopping. She wraps up the session seamlessly after an hour. I haven't noticed her checking the clock once. In fairness, she has plenty of opportunity while I'm looking at her shoes. I stand up, gather myself and my things, and I thank her. I'm genuinely grateful, but I doubt that that ever comes across. After I leave, I think about the picture. Maybe it's there because it's leaning on the room for support. Just like I lean on the room for support. So that's that. And that is an article that I wrote for the Sunday Independent a few weeks ago. Um, And I think it just speaks to how... I think people have a sense that like therapy is this lying on a couch and talking about your childhood. But actually, it's more about the experience and how we process that experience and let it influence our life so like the struggles that I have with the tiny things in the room and how I want them to be a particular way speaks to the the control issues I have in my life and if I can understand that then be a little bit compassionate towards them it makes it a little bit easier but all that said like it's still really impossible and I still need to go to therapy but I'll be grand you'll be grand we'll all be grand thank you for subscribing um for to yeah for becoming part of the headstuff podcast network and uh for subscribing to headstuff plus and i'll see you again next week